The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Six oh six on the Central Coast on this uh, Wednesday, December 29th, twenty twenty one. I'm Dave Congleton. By the way, happy birthday to my brother John up in Seattle. Sometimes he checks in. Uh, John, happy birthday! Wish you uh, many more. Hope you're having a good day with your family. Uh, we've only got one more show to go this year. Tomorrow we have uh, Peggy Cotin. We've got Trish Norman. We're going to look back on uh, 2021 and pick winners and losers and then send you off into 2022. Does that sound good? So uh, we're going to spend the next hour with uh, Garth from Atascadero. Uh, I like Garth. I like his mind. Uh, we nah, we probably don't agree on too much, but that's fine. I always welcome the discussion. And uh, today I reached out to him. I said, yeah, we should talk about capitalism. I want to talk about this. And I want to talk about whether or not uh, capitalism has failed in this country. Uh, what am I talking? We got Garth here. Garth is with us from Atascadero. Hey, Garth. Hey, Dave. How are you? We're good, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, can you refer to me as um, my, with my new um, nickname, Nails on a Chalkboard? Nails. <laughs> I was given to me by a guy named Eric a while back on, yeah, can on I, the last call, and uh, I'll just I kind of like it. I'll just call you Nails. Nails. Okay. Here's nails. That's my new nickname. Yeah. I, right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate the uh, the ability to be able to talk about this a subject that doesn't get talked about a lot. I agree. Uh, but, when, <laughs> but before we you dive in, when did you have this epiphany? Have you have you ever been a capitalist? Have you ever been in favor of capitalism, or is this something that you've held on to since being a young man? Um, no, this has been a slow. Um, Evolution, um, yeah, slow evolution. I, you know, as my, you know, as we know, our real education um, starts after we get out of school. Um, I mean, at least it should, because we have access to all these beautiful books that you know that are kind of a lost art, and uh, that's what I spend most of my time doing now is, is reading. So um, the evolution has come through my studying is there a particular book you would recommend people read oh boy there's a few um there's empire's workshop by greg grandin very uh very good book there's a book called overthrow by stephen kinzer a great book um some of the really good uh commentators now are chris hedges um he has a book called empire of illusion which is is very good and there's just so many michael parenti uh, black shirts and reds, um, and those are just to name a few. Um, Richard Wolf, the sickness is the system, and he's he's one of the top economists in the country, in my estimation. And right. so, Noemi Noemi no, Klein is always someone that's good to read. Um, her shock doctrine was is a monumental book, mm-hmm. and Chomsky, of course. So the whole the whole library there. All right. Yeah. So there are three main indictments against capitalism you want to make. Let's start with that. Yeah. So right. so I'd like yeah. So I'd like to state these three indictments, and then maybe we can kind of um, 
base the discussion around that. Number one, most glaringly, is that capitalism is very undemocratic. Um, it puts a small minority at the top, um, which are the owners and the major shareholders, um, board of directors, and they make all of the key decisions that impact the people that actually create the uh, the money, which are the employees, and employers are the majority of people in this country, 97%, as opposed to 2 to 3% in this country of people are, are business owners. Um, and so there's just there's not much accountability um, with that hierarchy. Ugh, I can't even say the word, but um, so it's, it's, it's a really dictatorial setting. Number two, capitalism is very unstable. Um, you know, every four to seven years, there's a downturn or, or what economists call a business cycle. And that pretty much rings true. I mean, on average, they some occur you know, later than they should, some earlier. But that, if you go by the stats in this century, we've had three already. We're in the third. So that math um, works out pretty well every four to seven years. Um, so, you know, in these downturns, millions of people lose their jobs. Businesses go out of businesses, business. You know, there are often triggers like the, the pandemic, which was the trigger of this last crash, not the, not the cause, but it was a trigger. Um, and number three, it's, it's just a very unequal way to uh, – it's an unequal system because, um, you know, a few people have the wealth at the top. You know, the 80 richest people in the world have more wealth than the bottom – Half of people on Earth, that's so, 80 people that have the wealth of 3.5 billion people. So, so how, that's a big problem. How does unequal differ from being the, the, the first one, undemocratic? Aren't you saying the same thing? Well, those, those kind of relate to each other. Um, you know, undemocratic means that the people that do the labor, most of the labor, don't have a voice, oftentimes no voice, or a very small voice in, in the uh, the running of the business, um, the un- un- inequity um, basically is what what that results that system results in, which you know you have a few people with most of the wealth, and then you, like I said, you have 3.5 billion people at the bottom that have the same amount of wealth as 80 people. So, and that's the great achievement of capitalism. Um, if you took away half of the wealth of those people, they'd still be rich. But then you'd have at least you'd have a you know a vast amount of money to uh, work with as far as putting towards education, clean water, food yeah. for the, the majority of people. In, so in, those are the three that I'd like to focus on. In the world of Horatio Alger, though, anybody can rise to the top. You can start out poor and you can work your way up, and you can end up being wealthy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the myths of our society. That's you know it's repeated over and over again, and actually that is not the rule. That's that's quite the exception. Um, you know, it does happen, but, um, you know, the deck is stacked pretty much when you're born. Most, at least of the early, you know, ultra rich were born into that. And, uh, you know, that carries on through families. And, so and, that's, that's kind of a myth. And just to give a basis, a comparison, Garth, which system out there do you like better? If you, if you reject capitalism, we replace it with what? Well, I think the important thing is to to at least bring up bring up the question of you know is capitalism the way to go? Which I don't think it is. Now there are terms there. There's socialism, which I think which actually 
our country actually is a mix of socialism and capitalism. I mean, it's not, there's no pure capitalism. That doesn't exist because if it did, that would last about five seconds and everything would implode. But um, I think at least, you know, this is going to be an ever-evolving thing and it's not going to happen overnight, but at least we need to start mixing more um, socialism into our capitalistic system. And to be more like whom, though? What country is doing it right, in your opinion? Well, there's there's quite a few. There's um, You've got Denmark, you've got Finland, you've got Iceland, Norway, Sweden. These are all countries that are doing quite well, and they, they take care of their people. Um, the happiness index, uh, I believe it's Iceland, is number one in the world, and they have uh, pretty much a social socialistic system there where you know people's needs are taken care of you don't have as many ultra rich which you don't need well, you know why do we need multi-billionaires how does that you know help anyone uh, i'll follow, follow up on that but let's get this break in because we're capitalists here we need to make money <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right uh always enjoy the discussion with uh, garth uh, we'll come back and talk some more. We'll take your phone calls as we talk about capitalism and whether or not this is a failing concept. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. Always good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Stick around. All right, we are talking about capitalism on this broadcast during this segment. Uh, Garth is with us from Atascadero again, and he is uh, indicting our capitalistic system. He's saying it's undemocratic, unstable, and unequal, and we need to change. Where, where do you come down on the um, the argument about trickle-down economics, that we want the wealthy to be making lots of money because it, it trickles down? They, they go and they buy the yachts, and they buy expensive houses and and we all benefit when that happens <laughs> yeah well you know that was proven um long ago to be a ridiculous uh, viewpoint trickle down economics also a lot of people equate that with reagan um it was actually happening before reagan but he was the one that you know kind of really brought it into the limelight and it it's just it's a myth it, it doesn't work um we find that as these corporations and ceos um make these make these huge amounts of money actually um investments in things that could help society actually don't happen um this money is often hoarded so uh trickle down economics is is voodoo economics i think is another term for that so it's it's just a myth and and there's nothing to it it doesn't work on the um, you know, oh, sorry on, on the stolberg line uh Yet Forbes magazine said that wealth in America has become a more merit, meritocratic over time. It also said in 1984, less than half of those on Forbes 400 were self-made. Today, 69% of the 400 created their own fortunes. Yeah, well, that's Forbes magazine, which is, uh, you know, very... Um you know, business-oriented magazine, and they're obviously they're going to say things like that. I'm not sure what the word was you said before. I'm not familiar with that uh, merit, term. So I'm meritocratic. Merit, I would I'm assume, not sure what that is. I would assume um, advancing on your merit, um, advancing on your ability. I would guess. Okay, yeah, and that's been shown to be basically a myth. The business community likes to portray that as reality because you know it helps them. It, it says. 
you know, blames people for their, their own problems. You know, you, you close a plant with a thousand workers and then you deride them for not having a job. I mean, it's, it perpetuates a system. You don't and think there's, of, a, there's a famous quote that says, he who puts, he who puts the eyes out of the population oppresses them for their blindness. So it's a self-perpetuating system. You don't think Forbes magazine's a credible source on the business world? I think it's very suspect because they are slanted towards, you know, business oriented. So they're always going to um, be slanted. So, you know, as far as being a legitimate source or something, I'm sure, you know, in some ways they are. But you, you've got that bias. And we've talked about that before, too, in the media, you know, the bias. Uh, someone's asking a question here. I don't know if you can answer this, so Garth. On the Stolberg line, out of the top 10 richest people in America, who inherited the money and who made it themselves? Do you have any idea? Good question. Uh, no, I'd have to look that up. I don't uh, know that. Well, I mean, like Zuckerberg, for example. Uh, um, yeah, Zuckerberg, I, I know, you know, you could, you could kind of make the argument that he's self-made, but, you know, there's some other factors, too. Zuckerberg's white. He went, you know, he, he had the resources to go to college. I, I don't know. I think he may have dropped out. I'm not sure. But, yeah, he dropped out. Um, so there are factors involved. You know, he he more than others could be maybe said to be, you know, a partially self-made man. Um, also on the, on the text line, Iceland, Denmark, Greenland, etc., countries that take care of their own citizens, meaning they can't afford to have open borders like the United States does. Well, but that's not totally true. Sweden and Norway have had major immigration problems. A lot of immigrants coming there from, a lot of refugees are coming to the Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. I know that for, I know that's the case. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, that's going to be the case um, as time goes on with the environment, which is another show, but, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of refugees, in the, and there already are, you know, in the next years. So has, that's a huge, huge issue. Has capitalism always failed in this country, in your opinion, Garth, or is this recently? Well, it's an interesting question because um, some people could actually trumpet capitalism as a success because it, it, it hasn't failed everyone. <laughs> it's it's made a zero 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 percent of one percent done very well, but uh, the rest are people who kind of pulled along. You know, there used to be a middle class. Basically, there's not a middle class anymore. There's two classes, A and B, and the one thing they have in common is that class Class A makes money off of their wages, and Class B makes money off of Class A's wages. Or you could, you know, you could invert those and well, A and B. Do you understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let me, Craig, if I could have that. Uh, we have a list of the top ten uh, wealthiest people in the world. Nine of the ten in the world are self-made entrepreneurs, and... Number one is Bezos, number two is Gates, number three is Buffett. Uh, mm-hmm. All three of them are uh, American, obviously. Um, Larry Ellison is there. Um, so there's at least at least half of the okay, self-made well, billionaire. I have to argue. Bloomberg, okay, yeah, no. So there's at least five. Well, I'd, I'd have to argue with the self-made um, statement. Um, you know, I guess if someone considers someone that's gotten huge tax breaks and subsidies, at the taxpayers' expense, if you'd call them self-made, then, you know, I guess you could make the case for that term. But I I don't see that as self-made. To me, a self-made person is a person that, you know, does it on their own. 
um, you can't become ultra rich like that without exploiting other people. That's just the fact of capitalism. Exploiting what in terms of labor? Your workers, your employees, your employees, the you know the labor that you know that uh, I shouldn't say this because my sister actually works for Warren Buffett, but uh, you know the 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 labor used in mining your your gold and diamonds and things such as that, and and so it's I don't I don't call that a self-made man. I'm sorry. So the 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 capitalist system in your mind, Garth, is inherently um, against the, the poor, the middle class. They'll never have a chance to advance. Um, correct. I'm not saying never, but I'm saying Rarely. Uh, that's the exception, the rule. And how many of those um, top ten? How many of those are minorities and women? I wasn't sure what the stats were on that. Uh, none of them are women. There you go. Well, what do you mean? What what is what what is well, capitalism why, why have to do with gender? People, minorities, or women? I mean that that's a pretty huge statement on the system. I, I don't know, Mr. Ortega. We have an Ortega, and we have okay. a car. It looks like uh, I'd say two, if okay. I can base it on their names or people of color. Okay, but no women. Right. So there. There you go. <laughs> why is that? Uh, is it, is it women just aren't smart enough, or they just can't pull themselves up by their bootstraps, or they, or they're not as intelligent. I mean, what's the explanation that that women aren't involved in those top ten? Well, they they do well. Meg Whitman is worth two point two billion. Uh, there's the Ellison woman, who is, has even more money than that. I mean, there are yeah. there are wealthy yeah. women. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's only in so, my lifetime that women have advanced into the corporate world. Right, and there have been some advances. Women have advanced quite a bit in the last couple hundred years, and that's you know, it's a testament that some things are actually, you know, those were hard-fought struggles. Those weren't things that were given to anybody. You know, the only gains that the populace has made in this country are, are things that were fought for. So not, um, cap- capitalism favors the white male? And oppresses the woman, oppresses the minority? Correct. Is that your argument? Yeah. that's it's, And it's not really my argument. It's pretty well, you can't really dispute it because, you know, the facts and figures are there. You can, you can see it. All right. Uh, let me pause here. We've got uh, Garth making his case about capitalism and why and how he believes capitalism has failed in the United States. He's calling it undemocratic, unstable, and unequal. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go off to California Headline News and digest all this. Check in with ABC Radio News as well. Craig will update us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. We will continue our conversation with Garth and welcome your phone calls and text messages as well. Getting several in already. We'd like to hear from you too. Uh, All that straight ahead in our last half hour together in today's edition of the Dave Congleton Show. Uh, you are listening to a broadcast on a show 
on a radio station owned by a company that is capitalist in every sense of the word. Garth is making the case that capitalism is a failed system. It's undemocratic, unstable, and unequal. How do you respond to that? Let's hear from Eric interrupting his birthday to join us in conversation. <laughs> Happy good, birthday. Good. Hey, Eric. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy I appreciate birthday. that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, as a business owner, I, I, I just want to say on the undemocratic part, I put... Mm-hmm. Into my craft, I put in 20 years before I really had. I, I might have had an employee here and there, but a lot of my stuff is t- trade secret. A lot of it is I, I put in the years to make what it is by myself and doing. And I'm not saying everybody's like this, but to make it democratic in the process, I, I just find I put in the years of excruciating hard work, and I pay my people well. And I believe I take care of them because I want to keep my employees. But I also feel I put in my time that, you know, that profit at the end of the year, uh, to some point, it, it comes from a lot of years of not making anything, a lot of years of failures, a lot of years of this heartache. And it worked out for me. It doesn't work out for everybody. And for it to be democratic, and I don't, I, don't, I mean, I think we do agree on something. I heard you say it earlier. True, uh, there is no true democratic society because it would fail in a heartbeat. You know, I mean that's why we're a democratic republic. But you know, the part of that is I, I put in my years for my money, and a lot of it was my own. It was sweat equity, and now yeah. I'm at a point where I can hire people. I still have my hands on everything, and not everybody's like that. I get it, right. but. To, to make my business democratic, it takes away from what I put into it. Garth? Well, let me clarify, um, Eric, and I'm sure you've worked hard in these past years. And, and let me clarify that my beef isn't with small businesses like mom-and-pop businesses, which I guess you could probably classify your business. I'm not sure. What do you have, 10 yeah. employees or 10 employees around there? So my beef is not with businesses like that. They're the last of my priorities. Um, I'm talking first about huge corporations that, that employ, you know, thousands and thousands of people. That's where, you know, my true beef is to start with. This. As far as mom and pop, you know, I've been a business owner for, you know, years in Atascadero, and we have not had employees. My wife and I have done it all ourselves because, you know, I, I just because of that fact that I don't want to pay employees less than they're worth, and, you know, we were just weren't in a position to be able to do that. So I'm not castigating small businesses at all. Mm-hmm. They're not in my crosshairs at all. I'm, I'm talking about major corporations. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. hopefully small businesses could become more democratic in the future, too, but that's not my focus. I, it so. sounds like Eric is still concerned, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In the, the 2000 odds, um, I worked for the richest woman in the world. She was from... San Luis Obispo, she lived, she's since passed. Um, at the time, she was worth, I think, $3.5 billion. She got it in a way that I think you would kind of, to some degree, find repulsive because it's, it's generational money. And what I found in that family, because I still work for that family, is the money is getting smaller because it's dispersed. The way they set up the money, it, it kind of keeps that family rich, but the actual... Mm-hmm billionaires are going down mm-hmm. and what i found from her she was one of the smartest women i ever met in my life she was a genius she knew 
the small things that you would never expect somebody with that much wealth to know about. I mean, if you're grading a contractor grading, she probably knew at least half as much as you did, if not more. And it, it was just amazing. I learned a lot just from working from her, working for her, and she treated her people right. She was hard, but she treated her people right. And you know, the other point I've I was reading, I can't remember the doctor's name, but it was um, millionaires in America. What he was saying is twenty percent inherited it, and eighty percent in America at this point right now are self-made and that, that doesn't mean they didn't have a hand up or a good family but they weren't from millionaire families yeah mm-hmm. um again um so my, my attack isn't on individual people even even the woman you're talking about my attack um is on a system you know that allows um, people to become ultra rich um you know at the at the peril of the population as a whole so, you know, I, I don't necessarily expect no. a three right. billionaire to give away all their money because I know that's not going to happen. Right. But what I want to do is challenge the systems that allow things like that to happen, like, you know, inheritance, inheritance taxes and things like that, right. where not as much money is just passed to families, but is, is dispersed. But, Eric, doesn't it also come down to what the wealthy person does when they inherit the money? Do they, do they create companies? Do they create jobs? Do they donate to fight cancer? Do they improve our lives? You know, what I've found just in the business I'm, I, I do, and I, I get to mingle with people with a lot more money than I do, is there is a very charitable, I mean, I, I see people giving vast amounts of money. When you look at it as a percentage of their wealth, maybe it's not that much, but it's far beyond tax write-offs. I, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I've lived what I think is a somewhat charged life. I'm not a millionaire i'm not this or that but i've got to work with good people and maybe i've seen the good side of it but i think a lot of people have good hearts and they're kind of villainized because of the money that they possess yeah. and that's an interesting point well again yeah. well again i'm not villainizing necessarily the individual i'm villainizing the yeah, system yeah. but you are that, that but you are villainizing so but, i'm not villainizing the, but you are by implication but you are by implication well I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm, people use the tax system and use all the things that will benefit them. You know, that's, that's the way it works, you know, but it's the system that causes that. So if the system was, didn't, you know, was more equitable, it would, it would take away the temptation for these people to, you know, exploit people, you know, their labor and, you know, like Bezos, where you have to, you know, when you want to go to the bathroom, you have to. I know, but Eric is saying that he's leading a charm life, and yet he's spending his birthday calling into this show. So <laughs> I, I insisted you go out and do something special for your birthday, Eric. But we appreciate your phone call and the conversation. Thank you very much. 805-543-8830. Is capitalism a failed system? We go to Bob on KVEC. Hi, Bob. Hi, Hi Dave. Bob. Hi, Garth. Hi, Bob. And for Eric... As much as he likes to believe he's a capitalist, he's an entrepreneur. He is not using money to make money. That is the definition of capitalism, using capital to make money. My problem with capitalism is when you have people whose sole work ethic is sitting around the pool waiting for the dividend check to arrive, 
those are not workers, that income is taxed less than people who actually use their labor to earn a wage. That is incompatible with modern-day society. That is what contributed to the billionaires of the world during this last pandemic increasing their wealth by $5.5 trillion. That's a mind-numbing amount of money. $1 billion would take a person earning a million dollars a year a thousand years to earn. All right, Garth, and got- Bob's exactly, and you're exactly right, Bob, and, and that's what I was saying earlier. I, um, you know, the, the pandemic has, you know, you hear people over and over say it's, it's a horrible thing and it's been devastating our economy and everything. Well, the pandemic has been very good for a very small percentage of people. And so for them, the system's great. But for the majority of the population in the world, the system is not good. It's bankrupt. Bob? And it's getting worse. If we want to talk about democratizing our uh, income and uh, whatnot, let's democratize the taxation. Let's tax the wealthy and the, in the same manner that people are taxed who work for a living. There is no reason that Jeff Bezos should pay less tax than any nurse or librarian or law enforcement officer or anybody with a blue-collar job. That's un-American for him to be able to flaunt the laws. He, he borrows against his company's earnings. He spends that money for his lifestyle, and then the interest that he pays for that, he gets to write off on his taxes. That's just so wrong. And that's what needs to be fixed. But unfortunately, our politicians are paid and bought for unless they are of the new ilk of progressives who are not taking corporate donations. Any other politician has to toe the line. It's unfortunate, but that's what, you know, has come from Citizens United and other decisions by the Supreme Court, enhancing the position of the wealthy to Mm -hmm. manipulate political action to protect their interests. All right, Bob, thank you very much for calling in. And you agree with that, Garth, I assume? Oh, yeah, I agree with that. You know, the buying of our political process um, has caused many of these problems. And, you know, I believe in progressive taxation, but as an end, um, it's still not going to change the entire system. We have to look at why, you know, we have multi-billionaires, and then we have people that, you know, can't even send their kids to college, which is, you know, the majority of Americans. All right, we go to so, we, okay. we we go to Robert on KVEC. Hi, Robert. How's it going? Good, thanks. Thank you for taking my hey, call. Sure. What's up? Um, I, I was just thinking that um, capitalist society. We don't even have a real example anymore of a good capitalist society to live by. The, the government gives too many bailouts and crony favoritism on contracts. How can a free capitalist society compete in that? Yeah, Garth, what do you say to Robert? Well, that's exactly, exactly right. And, you know, a lot of that takes place in our military industrial complex, which, you know, just robs, robs the population of this country. Um, you know, Biden, Biden was overwhelmingly eager to, to even give them more in, in the budget than they wanted. I think 25 
billion more than they even asked for. So we're just under 800 billion a year, you know, to the military. So, and and a lot of these, but a lot of our military now is, you know, is private. You know, it, it's um, outsourced to private businesses, and that's another problem. And a lot of these businesses have, you know, they can overrun contracts as much as they want, price overruns, and, and there's just no accountability. And that's that's the problem with, you know, this laissez-faire capitalism. There's no accountability. Yeah, Robert, what else do you want to say about capitalism? Uh, I just think, I feel like a, a free capitalist society has brought more people out of poverty in the history of the world than any other economic system. That's not true. That's uh, completely incorrect. But, um, you know, capitalism has nothing to do with democracy, and it has nothing to do with pulling people out of uh, poverty. In fact, communist countries have been far more, um, have a far better record of that. You know, China pulled, you know, 800 million people out of poverty in I'm not sure how many years. So, and China's not even a communist country either, but at that time they they were more communist. China's so not a communist capitalism country? Capitalism does not pull people out of poverty. China's, in fact, it does the opposite. China's not a communist country? No, China's pretty much a capitalist country now. You know, in term, they still, you know, the, the Communist Party still, you know, supposedly runs China. But China is very integrated into the capitalistic uh, multinational system, you know. Yeah. All right. So they're, no, they're not a communist country anymore. Robert, thank you very much for calling in. Craig, you're a capitalist, aren't you? No. Yeah, big time. Right. I love capitalism. Yeah. I got it on my shirt. Why? Why? Why isn't? What isn't Garth understanding about capitalism? Uh well, I don't think that he, it's not that he doesn't understand it. He's very intelligent. It's just that he doesn't want to, maybe, feel that it is as successful as it is. Because I mean, you mentioned China. Yeah, their economy is uh, very capitalist. Recently, in the last what twenty, thirty years since, uh, uh, you know, our little NAFTA right. or not NAFTA. I'm sorry, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. If yeah. I'm correct. Uh, so they've done that with their economy, but part of the way that they pulled people out of poverty there is that. If you go back prior to the Trans-Pacific, when they were a true communist uh, country, they were poor. They were extremely poor. Everyone, that's exactly, it was nothing but poor farmers in China, and they got themselves out of that to become one of the most uh, highly developed countries in the world through capitalism. That's how they did it. Now, they are politically communist uh, run by you know the chinese communist party but they know that if they want to feed people and not starve them like they did in the uh, late 50s and early 60s they don't want to starve millions of them they had to switch to capitalism to do it yeah garth you want to comment yeah you know china's uh moved to uh well the same capitalism that uh, has penetrated many other former communist countries and um has happened to china too and and you know we we remember Tiananmen Square. Um, we remember, you know, but a lot of people uh, misunderstand what actually happened there. That actually that was a fight for democracy against capitalism. So the students were protesting the hard-handed, uh, you know, corporate penetration into their country at that time. And, and most people don't realize what that protest was about. They thought it was just yeah. people protesting against communism, which wasn't true. They were protesting against capitalism. Uh, Garth, and, Garth is on this broadcast. I'm sorry, sorry, make your point, please. No, that's that's pretty okay. much my point. I'm sorry. So, so capitalism, capitalism and democracy don't go hand in hand, and that's that's the that's the um, thought that most people have that is completely incorrect. And you know, we're taught that in school, so it's not surprising that 
know, people believe that. Learn. Um, 805-543-8830 if you want to talk with Garth as he makes his case about the failure of capitalism. Uh, Daniel on the Stolberg line, the corporate lobbyists make the laws that benefit the corporations, hence a 73,000-page tax code for them to work with. Very true. Um, the lobbyists are just, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a, there's a huge explosion in that business, and there has been for years and years, and that's, yeah, they write, the, they have the laws ready made, and then they, they just give them to the politicians. Uh, listeners asking on the Stolberg line if you're willing to move to a socialist country. No, I want to stay in this country because I was born here, my family's here. I want to make this country better. And the, the true definition of a patriot is someone who doesn't accept the, the structures that they're forced to live in, but they try to change the structure. So leaving would be, a, would be giving up. And, and as Dave, you know, I'm not that kind of a person. No. Uh... <laughs> I'm pretty hard-headed. <laughs> Also on the Stolberg line, after 37 years working government contracts, I've seen zero cases of no accountability. The contractors are under tight scrutiny at Vandenberg. The government people make questionable decisions frequently, often not in the taxpayer's best interest. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah, I'd have to ask this person when when they um, you know worked. For, they say they were an ex-military person, or they they were a contractor. Yeah, 37 years. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to ask, you know, when they left, um, because, you know, this has been going on well past, you know, the 80s, before the 80s. And, you know, most government contracts are no bids at all. You know, their their connections, who you're connected with, what politicians, and, you know, the sky's the limit. If you overrun, no, here you go. Here's more money. Go yeah. ahead. Also on yeah, the Stolberg so. line, on the Stolberg line, this one's way too long. Uh, the middle par- <laughs> The middle paragraph... Um, a free capitalist society is the best form of economic system in the world. It has brought more people out of poverty than any other economic system ever in the history. And if government could keep their hands out and stop meddling with bailouts and crony favoritism and give us a free capitalist market, it would work itself out and we would be fine. It's just, uh, again, it's a fallacy that um, capitalism has brought the bulk of the people in the world out of poverty. In fact, it's obviously been the reason for um, maldevelopment in third world countries and, and other places, um, countries that were actually semi-prosperous that uh, after capital penetration from U.S. corporations have really gone downhill. And so that's just not true. And that's, I don't know what well, I want to say on that. And the uh, person, 37 years government contract, is still working. You're still there. So it's been yeah, the last well, 37 years. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's public record, all the stuff I'm saying. So it's not hard to find. So either that person, I don't know, is, is a little con- um, confused about what they do, or but well, I know the government contracts often have no accountability and are overrun, especially military contracts. But, but, this, just, but, but wait a minute. This is somebody who's been on the job for 37 years. Yeah. And, well, you got to, you, and you have to understand in the military, there's quite a bit of indoctrination that takes place, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Hang on, Garth. We'll come back for our final short segment. You're listening to Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. All right, Garth. We're at the, about the two minute mark. You wanted to go. Okay. You wanted to go back yet again to the contractor. I'll be brief. I'll just a couple sentences on that. Are you on the air? Oh, okay. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, during the Bush administration and the invasion of Iraq, um, you know, the privatization of government, the U.S. government, really sped up and just got crazy. Um, you know, the Bush administration outsourced, and this was all without any public debate. Um, he outsourced uh, many of the uh, most sensitive core functions of the government, um, you know, pr- provi- providing health care to soldiers, um, interrogating prisoners, data mining. These were all done by private companies. So I find that very disturbing. So that's my point to make, you know, with the uh, outsourcing to private companies of military responsibilities. At the end of the day, do you think any of this is going to change? Well, that can't be our motivation, Dave. Um, you know, we can't, there's no guarantee of anything. There's no guarantee this earth will be here tomorrow, <laughs> you know, with the tensions with Russia and everything. So we just have to focus on, you know, we have to try. You know, I don't fight fascism because I think I'm going to win. As Chris Hedges says, I fight fascism because it's fascism. So we have to we have to try. That is a good note in which to uh, end this discussion. Although we have a skeptic on the Stolberg line, I don't think this guy's ever experienced a different form of economy. Well, skeptic, I, I uh, appreciate skeptics because that's what we need. We need more debate and uh, in this country. And I've read, done extensive reading on economies of countries of the world. And but have I'm you, but have you experienced pretty well versed it? on the uh, history but, of capitalism. But, and, have, but have you experienced it yourself, living in another no, country? No, I'm a, I've lived in this country my whole life. Right. But I have access to much information. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the same thing, but... Yeah, no, it probably isn't. It's it's good to travel, too, but uh, most of my traveling has come through through books. All right, Garth, nice job. Happy New Year. You got uh, 25, second, Year, 25 seconds for a final thought. Oh, great. Um, just uh, I got a new book called Working Class Acts, Everyday Acts of Working Class Resistance and Rebellion in History. And I just want to uh, say some, this happened on December 24th, 1904. Metal workers went on strike in Baku, which is now... Um, Azerbaijan. So anyway, so they were fighting for an eight-hour workday, pay increases, Sundays off. Got to go. Um, so that, that's what happened in history. And All right. Garth, I'm sorry. I got to go. Thank you. We're out of here. Thanks to Craig Hill for his help. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow at 3.05. I'm Dave Congleton. Now, Oliver, get out of my chair. I'm coming home. Good night. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.